this is Ricky from Wall of Sound, and today I've got a very special guest. Um, warm welcome to Mr. Rob Flynn of Machine Head. How the hell are you going, mate? I'm doing great. I just got back from seven days of camping and wakeboarding and wake surfing in an area that had no cell phone, no internet, no... I was awesome. That sounds awful, Rob. How the hell did you get through all that? <laughs> it was great, man. Just needed. I needed the recharge bad, so it was good. Fantastic. Now, just a few more weeks to go until of Kingdom and Crown finally comes out. Um, tell me what it's feeling like in the machine fucking head camp, man. We're excited, man. You know, like the reaction has been unbelievable. People are, I mean, literally every other interview that I do, people are just like, this is the best record you've ever done. And, you know, it feels good. It feels good to hear that, you know, especially it's been such a crazy time and then the pandemic and, you know, like to to come out of it with something that people are generally vibing on, genuinely vibing on is just, it's rad. That's fantastic, man. And um, we've heard a bit of a taster with Choke on the Ashes of Your Hate and Unhallowed, and fans have gone pretty mental around how well they've sounded. Um, tell me a bit about the album from your point of view. Well, it is a concept record, which is a first for Machine Head. We've never written a concept record, but it is a concept album, and it is set in a futuristic wasteland where the sky is always stained crimson red and it revolves around two characters. So character number one is named Eris. He loses the love of his life, Amethyst, and goes on a murderous rampage against the people who killed her. Uh, character number two is Eros, who loses his mother to a drug overdose and in his uh, downward spiral depression beco uh, becomes radicalized by this charismatic leader and goes on his own uh, killing spree and he is one of the people who killed Amethyst and so the lyrics detail how their lives intertwine and the opening track Slaughter the Martyr is basically character number one's uh, origin story. Like, this is him. He's just lost the love of his life, and he's in a venomous, murderous, vengeful, you know, rampage. And that's how the story of the album starts. Fantastic. And where did this all come to inspire you from, Rob? Um, I mean, I've wanted, I've, I've toyed with writing a concept record for actually the last couple of albums, but they just it didn't work out and i just kind of scrapped the idea and just left it as standalone songs you know i, I kind of one of my first concept records that i really went crazy on was the wall by pink floyd like i love that record so much and there's so many great songs and i loved the movie and you know but listening on my headphones to that record all the time like i loved all the little segues and the helicopter flying over and the conversations happening and you know, it just it just took you to a different place, and I, I always thought that that was a really cool thing. So, you know, when we started putting this together, like, the idea came up, like, maybe doing it as a concept, and, you know, I, I never, I didn't want to write a shitty concept record, so I was, I committed to it in theory, but, like, I was like, if I, if I can't tie every song together, like, it's going to be kind of stupid, so, you know, we'll see how it goes, but, you know, as time went on, it really just started coming together. And, you know, one of the big things that I think helped it was I, I had originally started writing the concept as a very, 
American story arc, like good guy, bad guy, good guy wins. And it was, it was like, it was well-written and it was good, but I just, I couldn't connect to it. Like I didn't have any emotional connection to it. I just felt like I was reading a story or singing a story. And, um, you know, my kids over the pandemic started watching, I got two teenage boys and they both started watching anime and I was a super anime nerd when I was, when I was their age, I was like fucking, I mean, I was going to the conventions. Like I was obsessed with anime, like like Macross and space cruiser Yamato and Akira. And like, I was way into it. And then I just, for no reason, just didn't pay attention to it. And then they start watching it again. And now they're watching all these new shows that are brutal. Like they're sick. And I was like, Oh my God. I was like, this is amazing. Like, dude, let's watch this together. I'll totally watch this with you. And so, you know, like we started watching on the big TV and, um, at one point we start watching a series called attack on Titan. And, you know, it's a really long series and it's very involved, but, at some some point around season two or three, you're like, I, I don't know who the good guy is or the bad. Like there is no, they're both bad. Like you know, like and that whole idea, the concept that you know both sides believed that they were good, but both sides were committing evil, was totally inspiring to me and fascinating. And I was like, wow, I could take that idea and apply it to this album. And you know, once I did that, it really opened up like how the story went. What opened up how the lyrics went, you know, I could get way more brutal. I could get way more sad, you know, and it really, you know, just from a, even from just a creative standpoint, you know, to write, you know, here I've written nine albums through the lens of my eyes, my, you know, things that happened to me, how I view society. Now I'm writing through this character and then I've got to write from the polar opposite character, like it was it was awesome like it was really inspiring and you know it was wild man i dug it i really dug it wow what a journey rob and so like you've talked about how it, it allowed you with the lyrics to go sort of heavier than what you might have imagined and a lot of fans have likened the track so far to sort of blackening and unto the locust era which for many machine head fans is sort of a real sweet spot um is that the sweet spot for you as well i, I mean i don't i mean if that's what fans think that's cool i mean i'm I'm proud of all of our records, you know, like there's things that I enjoy. And, you know, I think a lot of times, like each time you make a record, you know, it kind of opens up another door as to where you can go. You know, a lot of times there's been a song, you know, a song like the burning red from the, our third record is the reason we can make a song like descend the shades of night on our fifth record. And the reason we can make a song like, darkness within is because we were confident enough from descend the shades of night you know so like every time there's like a door that opens and so you know to me this isn't like a this isn't a return to the roots this isn't a return to the blackening this is this is going forward you know like machine heads always been a band that you know we didn't want every record to sound the same like we don't want to be the acdc of metal we don't you know, like we want to be the Beatles of metal where every record is like taking you on a journey. And the ba and the bands that have inspired me the most are the bands that like, you know, for the for better or worse, just forged ahead into unknown territory. And so I feel like we're doing that with this. And, you know, it feels good, you know, 30 years into it to still be creating and inspiring and making 
new sounds and like doing songs that we've never really like done before. Like it's such a good feeling. I really like that notion of sort of this cumulative um, way of thinking where every album you've done has helped shape the sort of next one or maybe two away because it's sort of all everything you've done helps shape everything that you think about and get inspired about doing in the future, right? Totally. I mean, you don't think you don't realize it at the time, but you know, once you go out there and you do it and then it's out there and like, you know, you tour it and you're like, oh yeah, like we can do this. You know what I mean? Like we can do like, you know, I never thought we'd do a song like Darkness Within. Like if you would have asked me in in the Burn My Eyes era, like no way. Like a song that's like almost all acoustic, that's insane. <laughs> you know, like you know, like it wouldn't happen. Or if you asked me Burn My if you would have told me on Burn My Eyes, oh hey, guess what? On album number ten, it's going your album's gonna start with a ten minute song, three minutes of which is just you and a guitar like singing softly. <laughs> I'd be like, wait, what? Like no, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing you can do whatever you you want to do, and you may not know what that's going to look like until the process is done, right? Totally, yeah. You just got to put one foot in front of the other and and just keep going, man. And that's what it's about. I love that. So the record's massive, Rob. It lasts for like an hour or more, um, and it's got some of the th- it's got the three track single "Arrows in Words from the Sky," an absolutely powerful release. Um, tell me a bit about why we got to hear that a little bit earlier than where it sits on the rest of the album. You know, I uh, I, I love that we're in this time with technology where I could record a song today and it's out tomorrow. You know, like I think that's, that's insane to me. Like that's just like after being in the music business for this long, like it's just, it's so incredible that we can do this. And I don't think that artists take enough advantage of it. Like I think that, you know, certainly I think metal bands sometimes are still just stuck in a, in a record mode, album mode. And, you know, we started doing standalone single standalone singles back in 2016 and you know we've released nine songs since the blackening or since uh, since catharsis and um you know i just feel like it doesn't it it just makes your fans that much more into what you're doing you know to wait you know machine head tends to take a long time also between records three years sometimes four years sometimes and you know to be able to just feed music out there you know i grew up in the thrash scene you know, like I'm, I'm, I was lucky enough to be born in the Bay Area when I was a teenager. And, you know, the first time I go to see Metallica is they're supporting Raven at a 500 capacity room and there's maybe 250 people there. And, you know, I, we run into James Hetfield who's signing autographs at the bar stool. Like as you walk in, we were like, oh shit, let's get an autograph from James Hetfield. You know, like it was this incredible time. And it was very underground and this was not getting played on radio. There was no mainstream attention. Like it was all tape traders and demos being circulated at bootleg stores. And I mean, dude, my, me and my friend, we had bootlegs of every Metallica song that would be come out on kill em all. We had demos of damn near every song on the record. You know, we, when Exodus came out with bonded by blood, we had that record six months before it came out. You know, I had I had rain and blood with the hi hat counts still at the beginning of every song, but you know, like that kind of shit. And 
it that it just because I had all of that early didn't make me not care about the music. In fact, it made me care about it more. It made me more into it because I felt like I had this special thing that most of the world didn't know about, you know, and it just made me crazier about the band. And then the record would come out and it would be slightly different or whatever. Like maybe it was a different mix, you know, and I've had that happen. You know, I remember I had Alice in Chains came through town on the first album, Facelift, and they gave my friend a demo of the songs that they were writing for Dirt, the Dirt album. And it was the song Dirt, it was the song Junkhead, it was the song Wood, and it was something else. I want to say it was like, um, I can't, I think it's going to rain, I can't remember, I think it's going to rain. Anyway. I, I remember we listened to that thing. We had that thing for probably nine months before Dirt was out. And we just ran the fucking, we just listened to that thing non-fucking-stop. And it, I remember Wood cut off halfway through, the song Wood cut off halfway through. So we didn't know how the song ended. And then, you know, we heard the record and was like, oh my God, that's how it ends. You know, like it just, it was such a cool thing. And, you know, to me, that's all this is i didn't want to make fans wait it was a pandemic it was like let's just give people music and fucking not worry about whether it's on a record or whether this or that like just you know put it out there and and, you know get make people feel connected to this music i really like that rob it's kind of like bringing the that thrash raw way of doing things that you experienced into this modern tech era where yeah a lot of stuff gets taken away from us in terms of feeling hard violent stuff like that but you're, you're able to bring that in from giving a teaser of here's three tracks that's going to be on the album get it get a feel for it we just recorded it now right and there's still a huge portion of the audience who won't even hear any of these songs until the record's out you know because just people are so busy with what they're doing and lives and they're you know it's just a crazy time so that's okay too. But you know, if you're a diehard and you want to go down the rabbit hole, it's out there. I love that. You talked about a lot of singles that you guys have been, you know, pushing out as opposed to just EPs and albums. Um, and one of those was Circle the Drain. And that one really sort of struck me as something interesting for Machine Head. Um, it took on a very melodic side. Um, and it really took on something new that we might not have heard in your vocal style before. Um, tell me a bit, about, bit more about that single. I know it's a couple of years old now. Um, could we expect anything else like that from Machine Head in the future, do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it's done really well. Like, surprise, you know, it, it, that was one of the things, too, that was like, you know, just one more reason to continue to do, you know, that records don't just have to be, you know, it doesn't just have to be records. You know, that was just a single, a standalone single. And, you know, it's like one of our biggest songs on Spotify now. It's like in the top three or top five or something all the time. And, um, you know, I I wanted to just put out, you know, to me it was a heavy riff, but I had this really melodic vocal that I just could not get out of my head. You know, like I could not, it was such a, you know, it was almost like a rap in a way, but like it was just very, very melodic. And, you know, I I didn't know if it would fit on the record somehow, and I just, I had had the song for a while and I was like, fuck it, man, let's just put it out. Like, let's just go with it. And, uh, you know, I think it was, uh, I, I think it was something that was very relatable for people. You know, it was about a relationship gone bad. And, you know, I think it really, I mean, from the feedback I got, it hit a lot of people at a time when they needed it. And, and that's all, you know, that's all I'm trying to do, man. We're just trying to get through this crazy life together and 
you know, sing about the things that, you know, tie us all together. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And I think that single really, it did shine. Um, people loved it. And I think hearing more out of the Machine Head camp that sound like that in the future, I think would be amazing. Um, now, I wanted to talk about something different for a moment, Rob. Um, I've been really enjoying your extended vidcast series, um, No Fucking Regrets, partly because as I interview a really cool artist, I see that you've done the same as well. So I love to compare notes and see what it's like. Um, but for Wall of Sound, I tend to also cover a vast array of pretty modern, heavy bands coming through the scene. Um, and I've noticed you've given a lot of airtime to the next generation of deathcore bands like Whitechapel, Lorna Shore, and Oceano, just to name a few. Um, what's it like from your point of view hearing the style of some of the emerging heavy metal bands um, coming through the scene at the moment? Oh, dude, they're killing it. Like, it's awesome. Like, I love it. It's so brutal. And, you know, the, the guys are... You know, the guys definitely, like, give respect where respect is due. And they, you know, I think that it's really refreshing and exciting to see this new style. You know, it's not a new style, but it's, like, it's new. It's, like, the modern version of, like, a lot of this. And to see their their take on it. It's, like, they grew up with, you know, I, I mean, I talked to the guy from... Uh, Adam from Oceano not that long ago and he used to do backyard wrestling to machine heads exhale the vial <laughs> you know like, I was just like what I was like that's crazy you know so he was like dude this is sick you know because like that song was so brutal to me and uh, you know and he took you know a little bit of machine head and a little bit of you know deathcore or whatever they were into and then like put his own spin on it and he's a beast oh my god he's like I could watch that dude sing death metal all day. Like those fucking videos that he puts up on his Instagram are the fucking best, dude. Like his voice is so brutal. And, you know, I love that. I love to see it, that they've got this passion for it. You know, Will from Lorna Shore, nicest guy ever. Like the fucking, he's the best. Like we, like him and I really hit it off, which I was not expecting. And super nice guy, killer singer, great fantastic fucking band you know like i think that you know it's a really exciting time for young metal bands like that man it's awesome and you know to me you know i didn't you know when i started doing the podcast i you know i i don't think it was very good honestly like my first like 30 episodes were just like okay i mean i lucked out in the sense that the very first interview that i did was Lars Fredrickson from Rancid, who's like the greatest first interview you could ever ask for because he's so fucking funny. He's got the craziest stories you've ever heard in your fucking life. He's a total, you know, he was a maniac, but you know, he's sober now and it's like, it's just, you know, great storyteller. And, you know, so I kind of got spoiled right off the bat. I was like, oh my God, this was great. And then, you know, then before the pandemic i'm like trying to talk to people and i'm like i'm going to shows and i'm bringing you know my podcast thing and i've got 30 minutes like while a band is sound checking in the background and it like it was it was, it was a nightmare you know like because if you're if this is a print media sure but you know when you got a band sound checking while you're doing a podcast it's a disaster and then the pandemic hit you know and once the pandemic hit it's like I immediately got on Zoom because a bunch of people were like, oh, you should get on Zoom. And so I was like, oh, okay. And so I was pretty hip to the Zoom thing like within the first couple of weeks. And then it was like, hey, maybe I can just get 
dudes to talk on Zoom, and that'll be the podcast. I don't got to go to them. They don't got to come to my studio. And that's when I feel like the podcast really became became its own. You know, like that's when it was like, and then it was like, okay, well, you don't have a new record coming out because everybody's locked down and everything got pushed back. So let's just talk about whatever, you know? And for me, like, I got to say that made it way more enjoyable, like that it didn't always have to be around a record. And now kind of like as people got back into it, like I did have to be about the record, but you know, then it just became about like those things were three hours, you know, like some of them are three hours long. I'm just talking to some dude for three hours about, you know, life and death and drugs and sex and, you know, everything in between. And, and it was, it was awesome. Like I really enjoyed that part of it. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought that I would. Joe Rogan of Heavy Metal, Rob? I don't know about that. He's kind of in his own lane, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll leave him to do his thing. Yeah. Um, it's a really awesome uh, podcast. I've really been enjoying seeing it evolve and seeing you evolve as a host as well. Um, the pandemic really did deliver some things that we didn't think it would. Um, I'm running out of time. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the Evening with Machine Head tour series. Um, in Australia, we've got to appreciate that a couple of times. Um, no support acts, no bullshit, just Machine Head for three fucking hours. Um, I loved it. Um, can we expect some of that for the next Machine Head World Tour? Is that still a thing? We're looking at uh, February 2023, doing uh, Australia, Japan, uh, South America. We've got, we're booking U S tour dates for, uh, end of March. And then we've also got more U S tour dates that we're looking at for November, December of this year. And so, right. We've got that sweet spot right there in February, maybe the beginning of March that we're looking at for Australia. But yeah, I can't wait to get back, man. Definitely want to do the evening with, you know, we were supposed to come down there for the burn my eyes, 25th anniversary. And that pandemic fucked that all up. So, you know, now that we're torn behind this album, we'll continue that. And, you know, yeah, for sure. Come back, do that. I mean, we love it. The fans love it. Like, it's a win-win for everybody, man. Fantastic. I think fans do love it. It's a very fresh way of doing tours. Obviously, we love giving the next generation of metal in the support acts a go. But at the same time, getting a unique experience of three hours of Machine Head, like, it's pretty special. So I think Australian fans and world fans are going to be very excited for that one. Right on. Awesome. Hell yeah, man. Well, I'm running out of time, Rob, but thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us here at Wall of Sound. You're an absolute legend. I'm a massive Machine Head fan myself. I'm really looking forward to the album coming out. Um, and I'm wishing you Thank and you the man. band all the best for the release. Awesome. Thank you very much, dude. Yeah, this was killer. Whoa.